I do remark that I know a bit about what getting that I don't know anything about no. And the village are the All Ireland champions 19 points to 14 Who said they couldn't win it? Hello and a very warm welcome back to James Stevens' podcast with me, Tommy Lanigan. Tonight's podcast is sponsored by Langton's Hotel, Kilkenny. And we'd always like to pass on our thanks, as always, to Eamon and Eddie. And we'd encourage you, our members and friends, to visit their website at langtonhousehotel.ie or, indeed, visit Langton's Bar on John Street. Most of you know where it is. On tonight's show, we're joined by two of our club's greatest ambassadors, longest-serving officers and sterling players. Michael Moore was a goalkeeper of the highest quality. He was the senior club goalie from 1968 to 1992. Mm. And he had the distinction of winning every trophy available during at that long career, including minor hurling in football, a couple of under-21s, four senior hurling, three senior football, and two All-Ireland Club Championships. Also joining us is former club chairman, uh, hurler, and current club registrar, Jimmy O'Brien. And Jimmy was an outstanding hurler through the 70s and 80s with a 13-year senior career. And he had the rare distinction of captaining James Stevens to All-Ireland Glory in 1982, a winner of two All-Ireland Club titles, three county senior championships, and a host of other titles with the club. Fellas, you both came from outside the parish, and yet you ended up playing with the club because the hurling landscape was very different in the city in the late 60s when you were growing up. And at some stage or other, you might refer to that. I'll start with you, Mickey. You start, you start for mm. Kearns, making your debut on the senior team when you were only 15. And am I right in saying you won juvenile, junior and senior championship in the same year? Uh, yes, you are right, Tommy. Yeah. Um, it was only actually just gone 14 or over 14 when I, when I started in, uh, on the senior team. Um, and at that time, uh, it also coincided with the, if you, which I, what I might describe as the, the new era of, of James Stevens. I mean, Bill Cody had come into the club and they had started to, to rebuild at juvenile level. They, they learned the lesson that other clubs, unfortunately, didn't. I mean, you had the great era of the Dixborough Club and Airog all coming rapidly to an end simply because they didn't have an underage structure. Bill Cody and George Lahey and um, uh, Tom Crow, I think it was, uh, um, had the foresight to, to, to understand that and started to uh, bring in players from all over the city. Mm. And I was obviously one of them. But I suppose I came to their notice uh, from, from the point of view of as part of their training programme and I suppose as part of the Kearns College uh, uh, preparations for, for Leinster and All-Ireland title challenges um, we used to play the we used to play the village the village minor teams in, in regular challenge matches so I suppose I, I came to their notice uh, in, at that time and um, I think it was after a, I think it was after a minor match I think I'm, I, I'm look at I'm not I can be hazy about these things but I think it was after a minor match in Nolan Park that Georgie uh, approached me to, to join the club in, in 1968. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so you came in your, as a senior player, really, to the club? 
Well, I was underage to play minor. You were minor as well. Uh, as well, yes. Yeah. So, um, I think we won minor, <laughs> minor, minor senior and and uh, uh, in the same year mm-hmm. in '69. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Very good, very good, Jimmy. Um, you were a CBS man, and yes. if I remember right, you played. Did you play in a brilliant Leinster colleges final against Kearns? Kearns, yeah, in 1970. <laughs> 1970, yeah. God, it's, it's gone back a while now. Yeah, we had, uh, we actually had a great run. We won Juvenile Junior. Now, the Juvenile could have been in Ryan B at the time, but we won Juvenile Junior and Senior with that team coming through. Yeah. Uh, beat Cairns, which for a CBS team to, to beat Cairns at that stage was an almighty achievement. I was left, Jimmy. I <laughs> <laughs> was left. And... Um, we went on to contest the All-Ireland final against North Mon that year. That was the year of the 13 aside. Yeah. And um, there was a bit of a reshuffle before the final. I had been playing corner back uh, throughout the championship. Ended up playing corner forward for the final, being the free taker. Uh, I, I, I still to this day don't understand the, uh, the transformation, but we were beaten the same day anyway. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it was a while before, I think it was 10 years later when CBS came on and won. Yeah, I, re- um, I remember that game. I was in, uh, in third year in Kieran's at the time, and uh, the winning point was scored by Johnny Mahan, who taught in CBS Kilkenny for 40 years afterwards. All oh, right, yeah. And he was the Kieran's wing forward, probably. Yeah, the fact that yeah. he was a leash man was also a big bonus too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I suppose through that era, as Mick has said, there was no um, team in Canvas's parish, certainly yeah. that I was eligible for anyway. So mm. as a as a fourteen year old, I had no club team. Mm. Uh, as a sixteen year old. My first introduction to the village was actually getting an almighty hammering against the village yeah. uh, with a team that, from the best of my memory, was called St. John Bosco. I think it may have been the one and only time that a St. John Bosco team mm-hmm. lined out. Mm-hmm. Um, Sean Kerwick, who used to work in the Kilkenny People Office, he was one of the mentors with one of the shortels as well. Uh, so we got an almighty hammering off the village. <coughs> and after that game, I think it was probably Georgie, asked me would I be interested in coming hard with the village uh, and of course to me that was a huge opportunity because I had seen the sort of the lads I'd be that I played against mm. uh, when I said it when I went home my father mm. was thrilled to know that I was going to join a club yeah. and the village club mm. you know so that was my earliest memory mm. of, of getting a hammering from him um, yeah. and I was sort of shortly after that then I was sort of adopted by Din Brennan and yeah. Din was always very very good yeah. to me he looked after me yeah. he called up to the house to notify me of games and all so that was the start of it that was yeah. that would have been what 68 I think yeah. uh, 68 and my first game with the village was a county football final against Kula which wasn't played until 69 so I was eligible to play with the village at that stage yeah. Uh, whereas I think the rule at the time was you had to play with your own parish up to mm. under sixteen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I had yeah. I had passed that. <laughs> but in summary, you you had played only one game of hurling outside of school until you were almost seven. Until you were seventeen. Yeah. Yeah. That it's, was it. It's stra- it really is strange how 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 how, yeah. the, how hurling development has changed. Well, yeah. I, I I can't understand how sort of great clubs allow this to happen. 
Uh, and this was to our benefit, Jimmy, uh, that, mm. that, that, that it did happen like yeah. this. Uh, other clubs hadn't the foresight to see that you couldn't survive long term without yeah. a, a backup uh, underage structure. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think my experience would, would, would reflect yours too, Jimmy. I, I can, I, look, at, if you're talking about hazy memories, I think it was after a hiding we got, I, and I think I was playing for a St. Mary's team. Right. Um, yeah. And. Uh, we obviously got a hiding from the village at the time yeah, because there was yeah. no great structure involved and uh, um, I say, thankfully I was approached by Georgie again I think it was uh, to, to sign up for the, the red and green and yeah, uh, yeah. you know we'd be yeah. more than happy but, uh, but um, yeah, where, where, yeah where I came from then the Granger's Road I was just thinking about today there's probably 12 of us in or around with say a 3 or 4 year age range of my own we'd be mm. out hurling on the road mm. so there's 12 of us on the Granger's Road alone yeah. and we go down the water park to hurl you go down mm. out to James's yeah. Park to hurl yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so there was, there was any amount of hurling you yeah. had team games yeah. in, in um, with the CBS already yeah. Yeah. but yeah. other than that yeah. 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 where did you do your, your I, hurling I, I your three, a, three best of three you in and so on yeah like yeah three goes in three goes out but uh, I have a photograph of, uh, of a team that uh, I think it was a a father rock in the friary ran uh, tournaments above in in, um, in the fair green and uh, had a, a photograph that uh, and uh, he organized i think the, the mayor at the time was john Hulhan and uh, right, he, yeah, he, yeah. he put up a cup and uh, we we won the cup i was captain of the team but the team included so many lads from the school that we went to and uh, a lot of lads from this parish here as well um, you know that that, uh, but other than that, there was no um, formal yeah. none, system in none, place. None at all. No, no, no. no, no. no. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We might move on to your hurling careers, and uh, Michael, your early hurling career would have been a very adventurous one because goalkeep, being a goalkeeper was probably the most dangerous occupation you could have, indeed, anywhere in the country. Mm. Um, you were fair game for every forward going. <laughs> Fair comment, <laughs> no doubt. Uh, and I had one experience. I was relating to you earlier there about um, um, 1969 Senior Championship. Uh, uh, the club we had a we had a three goal three game thriller, if you like, against the outstanding team of the year, uh, Bennett's Bridge. And I can't remember which game it was, but at one stage during the game, um, a ball was coming in low from McGuinness's end. And uh, I went down to pick it up, and as as happened, as at, at the same time, uh, I got a clatter from nowhere, from behind, and uh, can't say well, from whom now, but was <laughs> 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 well, uh, I did, and uh, uh, and in shock I looked down and I saw one of my fingers was, was at right angles to my to to the rest of of my hand, and uh, quick as a flash. Phil Fan Larkin saw what was happening, and and uh, he came in and did a, a very a very quick on-field surgery to to pull the finger back into place, and uh, and at the same time get an, a, a reassurance that this would never happen again, which it didn't. It was a time where it was a time when a goalkeeper was. Totally dependent on oh, the hardness yeah. of his full back line as much as anything yeah, else. Yeah, yeah, really. It taught me that lesson, like uh, that, that, that you have to work in sync with your full back line, and you have to do your calling, and you have to, 
um, you know, you're very much dependent on 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 the support they give you, that, and uh, to um, <laughs> keep yourself safe, if you like, you know. And the, the rule changes were were twofold, which affected goalkeepers. The first one was the creation of the large parallelogram, yeah. and the second one was the with the abolition of that third man tackle. Yeah. So uh, goalkeeping became a somewhat safer place yeah. to be. It did, but uh, in some ways, it didn't matter that much because at the end of the day, the forward was going to have a go at you unless your unless your backs were were um, um, unless your backs were up to the job. And, uh, you know, because at the end of the day, uh, you were going to get a free out if, mm-hmm. if anyone tackled you. But that wasn't, that wasn't going to stop them anyway. Uh, <laughs> of know? course. Yeah. And, and, of course, there were very few frees awarded back in the day anyway. Yeah. I mean, a game could be played with maybe 10 or 12 frees. Yeah, it was, like, it was a very physical game. And, and I suppose, differing from now, it was a, there was an awful lot of ground play, an awful lot of ground hurling. And... Uh, you know, there was the original. You know, the clash of the ash was was very true and pertinent uh, in 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 that era. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas now it's it's all upper body uh, tackling, where the yeah. ball is coming in high, chest mm-hmm. higher. You know, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it was much a far more physical game. Uh, yeah, it was I think, anyway. one to one as well. Yeah, yeah. 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 J- Jimmy, when you came into the game, you were a though you had, you had a brief career as a corner forward, but mainly you were a defender. Um, again, you came in kind of around the age of that, the age of that era, mm. when defenders could get away with a fair bit. So, so I believe. <laughs> <laughs> if what Mick says is true, it must be true. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, yeah. I spent most of my life on the, on the half back line, mm. um, and yeah, I suppose we had. <clears throat> Fan all used, used to say, you know, the, the sign of any strong team is that you have a, a core up the middle. <laughs> now, whether he was including himself in the, <laughs> in the brotherhood or not, I don't know. But yeah, there, there was always that element of it. And it is a, it is a physical game, always yeah. was. Um, while the game has changed drastically to, yeah. to what it was when we played. But nevertheless, it was a physical game. And, yeah. and yeah. It, the, the game as it was played then was more sort of man on man, where you had a man to mark and you marked mm. that man and wherever he went you went and you know Jimmy I used to love to see your big hand going up to pull the ball out of the air you know <laughs> I breathe a sigh of relief every time <laughs> when, when I was facing your pocket well, I was hoping nice to, to go over my head <laughs> that's one of the big changes to nowadays because if you're, a, if you're a defender now you're expected to be there to collect a puck out from mm. the goalkeeper. Mm. Yeah. Back when you were hurling, yeah. I don't think any defender ever wanted to see the ball. Not in the, no, no, you didn't. Like you that. wanted to see it going over your head. Yeah. And Mick generally obliged. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I suppose yeah. the other thing that has changed too and that has helped, or, or maybe not helped in that sense, but the ball uh, travelled, I suppose, to midfield at best. And Mick had a great puck on the ball, but on a, on a normal day, and you know, you get it uh, maybe a little past the halfway line. Whereas now, you can sometimes land it up far yeah, to the far end. You know, it, so it, it was a great it opportunity for an opposing half back to attack the opposition puck out, wasn't it? It was. You were, yeah. all, you were always going forward to it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the ball I, I used to love being under the, the yeah. opposing goalie's yeah. ball yeah. because it gave you a great advantage. Yeah, you, you saw were, everything ahead of you. You yeah, saw the ball. Yeah, you yeah. saw who you was were, around you. Yeah. What the movement yeah, was. Yeah. 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 Make us um, as a goalkeeper. Um, again, you're expected to play the short game today. Your big booming puck out wouldn't have worked, but 
I remember you had a brilliantly accurate puck out and you were one of the few players who was prepared to pick out somebody around the middle of the field or maybe some distance out, but could always be a good distance. Would you like to be Would you like to be playing as a goalie today, for instance? Uh, yeah, I mean, back in the day again, I mean, if you hit... If you, well, I didn't, but I mean, you'd, you'd get a tick here from the sideline if, if you try, attempted to... to uh, Send a sharp pass out to Jimmy O'Brien and wing back or something like that. He might hit it back uh, to you. Know, yeah. I mean, the philosophy was get the ball up beyond midfield if you can, because if it's up there, they can't do any damage back in, in, in defence, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, um, uh, but as well as that, I mean, the, there was the Schlitter was, was a different piece of equipment back then, I think. You know, I mean, it was grand on a dry day, but within a very short space of time on a wet day, yeah. The ball became very heavy, very soggy, and actually, in the in the flight, it would could could actually change. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you'd be, you know, judging it was coming in a one and uh, in, uh, in a direction straight at you, and suddenly it could take a, a slight yeah. veer because of the weight of it, and and. Uh, uh, so you know the the, the Schlitter has improved in, in yeah. that context, but I do think it should be it should be an extra grand put Jimmy, on it. Has it improved the game in that context? The, the lighter Schlitter. Personally, I don't think so. No, um, it, it, it travels so far now that it's cutting out. Like in a, when Mick talks about the puck out going to the midfield, there was actual midfield play, so the, the, the ball was dropping on the midfielders that were contesting mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Now, well, it may be a short puck out, but invariably it's going to bypass, um, mm. and it's travelling so far. I think that it's cutting out an awful lot of the play as we would have known it. Yeah. Um, yeah. and the, the sort of the 50-50 contested balls yeah. because because it wasn't moving as fast or as far mm-hmm. um, as to whether it's a better game or not that's, I mean, I think every generation thinks the game they played was a better game mm-hmm. and that would be my own personal opinion but then from the older lads when I was young they were saying the same about their game because the overhead striking probably was going out of the game. Yeah, yeah. There was less ground hurling. So it, it evolves as well, you yeah. know, and and the, the players adapt to, to, to um, the style that's been played at the time. Yeah, um, yeah Mick, um, you had one uh, particular skill as a goalkeeper that very few other goalies had, and that was the ability to catch the ball over the crossbar um, did you, did you, <laughs> I know, we know we know what's coming next, don't we? We do. Yeah. It worked. Ver- it yeah. worked very, very well yeah. for you, and yeah. uh, except on one occasion. Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't your fault at all. It was my fault, Jimmy. It was my fault, Tom. Fifty years ago is a long time, but unfortunately, it's, it's it's these memories that stick in your mind. It's not so much the great days as opposed to the. The horrible mistakes that that linger longer in in your in your mind, you know. Um, yes, yeah, nineteen seventy three. I think we were thirteen points up with four or five minutes to go, and a high ball came in. It was against the Fenians, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> I think you're talking about two different events, are you? Are you talking no. about the 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 game that was abandoned? No, no. You're talking about no. I'm talking no, about sorry. 1973, the yeah. the final. We were we were 13 points ahead, I think, uh, uh, coming into half time, and a high ball came in. Now, in sometimes, I mean, this is that was the greatest lesson I ever learned. You live in the moment, because if you're thinking ahead, this is what happens. I mean, I the high ball came in, and 
it slipped through my hand into the net. Now, in my mind, I had it picked out to, to clear it, but, you know, and, and it started a, an unbelievable rot in the team, if you like, and uh, eventually the Fenians took over the second half and, and uh, enjoyed a good victory. But <laughs> it was, uh, you know, these are, the, these are the things that teach you lessons. They're painful lessons. And, uh, you know, from that moment on, I said, look at you deal in the moment. You, you do the simple things well. And if you're lucky enough, you can pull off the odd miracle, uh, especially in goal, because yeah. it's, uh, it's, 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 it can be a very lonely spot. Yes, you know, it, uh, it's yeah. a very much a mental game, yeah. you know, because yeah. you can you can go through, uh, you know, Jimmy and the lads are out there, they're involved, they're running, they're beating, they're tackling and what have you. But in goal, you're on your own. And, uh, uh, you know, if, if Jimmy loses a ball or is beaten by a, for a ball or something like that, well, maybe, you know, Fan Larkin or Brian Cody come in and clean it up. But when, when a goalkeeper makes a mistake, it's the back of the net. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's yes. nobody there, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jimmy, um, undoubtedly your greatest day was captaining the club to the All-Ireland Club Championship in 1982. Yeah, um, that was certainly a proud, I suppose it was a, proud, it was a very proud year, uh, first of all, to be picked as captain um, because we had such a team of great hurlers at the time. I mean, I always, looking back, I always thought how fortunate I was to, to hit a team with such, I mean, it was just talent, was oozing with talent on every line and to be captain of that team it was, was just fantastic um, and going through that championship even going right back to the start of that year um, where we drew with Freshford I think we think we might have lost our next game um, and we got through the championship we, we played uh, Fenians in the final you weren't uh, convincing at any stage though were you well I think after the first two games we, we sort of got our act together we won fairly mm. fairly well all the games after that um, was it St Martin's I think in the semi-final that was yeah. tough going alright that was a tough tough game well they were I to go on we were... win a club championship two years later so That's they were right, a top yeah. match team they were yeah yeah. but we I think we, were, we may have been behind at half time but we certainly struggled in the first half and turned it around in the second half big time and went on then to, to beat uh, the Fenians in the county final that was I mean that was a great honour for me to be captain of a county winning team and then to, to captain an All-Ireland winning team you know where um, in our in our history we've only won three and, and to have the privilege of being a captain of one of those was, was really really you know it's something that, that really stands out in my mind I've always felt very proud of that yeah. um, but you know, when you think of the lads I hurled with, I hurled on a half back line in one year where you had Brian Cody beside you and over the far side you have Joe Hennessy. In behind you have Fan Larkin. On the half forward line or midfield you have Joe Hennessy, Mick Crotty. I mean... Yeah. Chunky. Uh, chunky. chunky. Sorry, sorry he, was, he, he was not chunky and Mick Tom McCormick. You had two McCormick's, Tom yeah. and Dinny. Mm. You had Mick on goal. Yeah. You had yeah. Niall Morrissey there. You had Paddy Nary who hurled yeah. with the county as well. Mm. You know, you just look at the the, the, the fantastic team we had. So, yeah. to, and and to go on and win an All Ireland Club yeah. Championship, uh, it was it was just fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. And as it turned out, that, that actually the Sunday just gone by was the 39th anniversary, yeah. I think, to the day that we won that. Yeah. It was Billy Walton's 
21st birthday yeah, right. and we had some almighty yeah. celebration out in Billy Walton's home place after that yeah. um, his his mother entertained us all that night there was a great sing song there was food there was drink there was a whole lot that was yeah. it was it was just a fabulous time yeah. and yeah. the other thing that I remember about 81 was um, Mick O'Flynn Mick O'Flynn was on board and we started out that year in January of that just year down the CBS, CBS yeah. down the gym down there. Training months before anybody else. Oh, we were before. <laughs> we we certainly were, but that that was that sort of routine was new to us. Um, yeah. I know. Uh, was it Fan or Liam talked in one of the earlier podcasts about Dennis Toomey in '69? So there was probably a bit of a track record, but for me certainly to do that sort of training was was new. And it was it was fabulous. Yeah, you know, I remember. It really set us up for the year. Yeah, I remember seeing you seeing you doing circuits in C, in CBS gym that winter. Yeah, mm. yeah. And you were yeah. always a very very fit man. And even you ran a marathon uh, just a <laughs> just a couple of years ago. So you've kept up that fitness. But going yeah. back to your hurling days, and yeah. um, training was oftentimes haphazard, and it was all about hurling rather than rather than fitness. Yeah, it probably was. Yeah, yeah. Um, did you do any extra? No, I didn't. Uh, well, when, when I was... Let me see. I probably did when I was in Orlingford. I worked in Orlingford for a couple of years in the bank. And I used to go running out there during the winter time mm. uh, just to keep fit. I didn't want to end up coming back at the start of the year and having, having to you were looking <laughs> dig, for an dig deeper than what, I, <laughs> than what I was able to or whatever. So I would have done a little, but not nothing excessive, no... I mean, there was no such thing as going to a gym or anything like that at that stage. Um, yeah, I always minded myself, you know. Mm. That, wasn't, that didn't mean I didn't drink the odd pint or have a good night out either. But I suppose I got a lot of that from my father as well. My father was always very fit. He played handball yeah, on his life. Yeah, handballer, yeah. Um, and so without ever having to say anything, it was just something you pick up, you know. Yeah. We didn't have a car at home, so you walked everywhere or you cycled and... So you know, there was just a natural. Yeah. It, it wasn't. It wasn't an effort for me, so yeah. to speak. Make, to, to, make, to do it. Did you do any goalies? Much goalie specific training. I, I like to say, I me. Mean, I always considered myself as somebody with limited talent. It just I worked like a dog to 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 get whatever I could achieve to get the best out of myself. You know, and I mean, I would often see myself as one of the last people coming in coming in off the off the training ground. Um, but I was just going to say there, Jimmy, that victory in 81, and particularly the county final victory, was a great consolation to me in the aftermath of the, the, the 73, you know, episode beating oh, Fenians. You know, yeah, it took a long yeah. time to, to, if you like, get the, get that result. Because um, mm, mm. Fenians were a, were a powerful outfit at that time as well. I mean, Jimmy, you mentioned there about uh, James Stevens. I mean, you and I, you know, you you were after listening list, listing a, a litany of intercounty players we played with. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we were yeah. personally the only <laughs> ordinary uh, Joe Soaps on the I team reckon, at the time. You know, I reckon I was the only one on that team that never pulled on the Kilkenny jersey Hur- on a hurling team. I did play minor yeah. football. Which I, I, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I had a I had a limited intercounty yeah. career. I was a sub in '73. You got a Leinster medal, Mick. I, uh, yeah, that was I, as far as it went. Which I never uh. collected, but anyway, I never, I never looked upon, I never looked upon it as, as uh, um, I say, like I didn't have a, an intercounty career, but I, I did have a two-match career, yeah, and I retired yeah. undefeated mm. because <laughs> uh, in 1973, uh, after the Limerick 
uh, All-Ireland victory. Um, no, no skin, but I think took a rest and I was selected to play in, in the first two rounds of the league. And actually the first one I think was against Limerick and I did have an actual very good day that day and we beat them. And uh, the, the second round was uh, against Offaly, which we scraped a draw. So um, I could see no future for myself except sitting on a cold slab of concrete <laughs> while, the great, while the great old skiing was, was um, holding down number one and, and justifiably so because he was an outstanding uh, goalkeeper. So I retired myself. Yeah, the fellas yeah, were saying, yeah. you're a fool, you're a fool and all that. You, you know, you'll miss out on New York trips. But uh, yeah. I didn't think, the, I didn't think the, the pain of sitting on concrete during the winter months was just yeah. ju- justified. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the team, you, you mentioned it there um, in the 70s, between ourselves and Fenians, you know, we would have probably have had 10 of the yeah. Kilkenny yeah. team playing at the time. Yeah. And coming on just shortly towards the end yeah. of, of the yeah. 70s, then you had the Shamrocks coming on. You know, yeah. so the, it yeah. was a hugely competitive year. Hugely, yeah, with yeah. hugely talented teams. Exactly, you know, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, um, and even at the beginning of, say, my era in 68, I mean, you still had the, the, the Bennett's Bridge team, which would have been considered one of the all-time great club teams um, of that time with, the, with, the, with the Seamus Clear and the Tracys and all, Noel Skeen and Car- Sammy Carroll Car- and, yeah. and yeah. Paddy Morn and Pat Lawler. I mean, yeah. They, they, yeah. That, was, yeah. that was a really class team. You know, was, yeah. 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 But so, you had very good teams... Uh, you mentioned St. Martin's earlier on, yeah. and uh, through the year from they, they came, they amalgamated about 1978 or 9. Mm-hmm. And for the next 10 years, they were a phenomenal team. They were, incre- yeah. And yeah. again, right through, right through your, the, the second half of your hurling careers, very, very difficult team to beat. Yeah, yeah. So they went on and won the club final in '84, yeah. I think, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Did they beat Castle Gar? Castle Gar, that's Tom right. Tom McCormack was, yeah. was playing with Castle Gar that same yeah, year. Yeah, that's yeah. right, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah the, the um, going into the the kind of the, the the second half of your careers then through the eighties, there were great expectations here in the village, and obviously teams have a probably a ten year cycle cycle in them. Yeah. But there was a cycle coming to the end when people like Mick Crotty retired, and in the kind of the very early eighties, and a couple of other fellows finished yeah. up around then, chunky. and you had a new chunky, and you had a new, you had a whole new group. The juvenile development was had taken off, particularly from about nineteen seventy six or seven, and you had a whole plethora of terrific young players who were about to burst through, and suddenly we had an economic downturn, and most mm-hmm. of those guys. Uh, unfortunately, they you know they they, they emigrated. They mm. went, mm. you know, they were, they went all kind of. I'm thinking mm. lads like Eddie Brennan, Alan McCormack, Martin Forrestal, Paul Thornton, Paul Thornton, yeah. John Scott, who who, who went Tony away, Henderson. Tony Tony Henderson, who was yeah. a magnificent mm. underage hurler, yeah. yeah. and uh, the generation which were coming suddenly kind of disappeared. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, while it might have lengthened your careers in, in, in your respective positions. But uh, it didn't do anything for it. Didn't do anything for our club over that time. Mm. It was a huge. It was a huge drain at that stage because they, as you say, were, were going to be the next 
uh, batch of senior players there the lads would have been carrying the torch yeah. for the club and they were all and very high quality players they were they were yeah I don't know if you, did you mention Eddie O'Neill there Eddie O'Neill yeah. well. Jimmy Conroy who'd have been yeah. something yeah. new yeah. 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 he was he was one guy I hated Mark and was, was Eddie O'Neill he was yeah. he, <laughs> he was yeah. he was a tough customer yeah. but they were all great hurlers and, yeah. and you know yeah. they would what, what what might have been we, we'll never know but yeah. you know it certainly looked as if we were going to be in for another good great era uh, at senior yeah. level with those yeah. lads and yeah. it was a huge loss and yeah. it's you don't you just don't replace lads like that because mm. it takes <laughs> years to, to get to that yeah. level and it, and it also highlights the importance of having um, a proper underage structure <laughs> to compensate for losses as, as as the years went by you know yeah. as you say some great potentially potentially some outstanding players left the country it also reflected the, the economy in Ireland at the time I mean it's, it's yeah. uh, the two are nearly always linked in yeah, a sense yeah, you know yeah, that the, yeah. the ups and downs of clubs and counties and fortunes and misfortunes are, are, are often tied in with the yeah. economic set up in the country at, the yeah. t- at any given time yeah. but course, I think yeah. yeah but despite that despite that loss uh, and again it has been alluded to on, on, on previous podcasts the fact that we remain senior yeah, throughout. Yeah. You know, it was never. There were times when we played relegation finals, That's but right. from '56 to this day, we've never, we've never sort of lost that status. Yeah. You know, so while we lost those lads, uh, either there was other lads who played that bit longer, or That's lads right. who stepped up. But yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah. we came through it. Yeah, yeah, I think we have to acknowledge that that it's, it's quite a remarkable achievement that uh, a club can remain senior in. What's the most competitive county in the country? Yeah, for so yeah, long. Yeah, yeah, because you you know as we can see, um, for the last particularly when the new structures came in, in the, since since the early nineties, where you have only twelve senior, twelve intermediate, you don't you don't you don't have the luxury of making mistakes in a year. I mean, the Kilkenny Championship is 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 a highly competitive championship. Maybe it is in other counties as well, but I mean, I think. You know, you really have to, 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 to work hard to, to, to get to the top and to hold yourself at the top, um, let alone retain your senior status, which we have now for, what, 65, 66 years, which is, as you mm. say, is an incredible mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and the next, I mean, the intermediate is so competitive that mm. there's, no, there's never a guarantee that you'll yeah. come back up again. So yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, what you do is you, you, you not not just survive. You obviously, mm. you go to win every year, mm. but survival is important. Very, yeah. very important. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I want to move now to talk about your your other lives in the club and within 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 the GA. Um, Mick, I'll start with you. Your family connections in the GA go back a very very long way. So I'll go mm. back to your grandfather. Yeah. Michael was Kilkenny County Secretary from 1919 to 1931. Correct. And yeah. I suspect was instrumental in the acquisition of Nolan Park. Yeah, well, it's, uh, I've, I've often spoken to, to Liam Tyrrell and people like yourself, Jimmy, there about the one regret I have is I never really inquired from my father about family history in, in, in the context of that. But my grandfather was also Mick Moore at the time. Uh, was uh, uh, secretary of the county board, and uh, it was also at the time when um, the county board purchased Nolan Park, and uh, it was also it's only something I came to mind in the last short while that um, he was secretary also 
in 19, you know, that year, 1927, when, the James, when James Stevens uh, won through to the county final against Munkine. And uh, that ended up as a, as a three-match saga. And uh, the interesting thing was that all county finals up to, that, up to then had been played in James's Park. And Munkine apparently... Uh, made a strong case for themselves. I mean, the first match was played in uh, the first match was played in James's Park, and it ended in a draw. And uh, Munkine objected to to having to play the replay in Nolan Park. They felt that there would be a prejudice against them, that the you know <laughs> decisions would go against them, and so on. And somehow they um, somehow they they must have persuaded the county board to agree to let the game go ahead in in what was known as Gaelic Park in, in Waterford today it's Welsh Park and uh, that match didn't actually finish out correct it, it, was, rain, it was rained it off it was rained off yeah. now apparently there was huge interest in it apparently the the, the James Stevens the club here hired the a full train to bring supporters yeah. down to the correct. game yeah. and it was supposed to be something like 5,000 travelled to the match I don't know whether they travelled or whether they were at there was 5,000 anyway and uh, as I say there was an almighty uh, uh, rainstorm during the game and it had to be abandoned and uh, the third game actually again I don't know there was some (laughs) dealing going on and the third third match was played in Welsh Park again and uh, uh, the Munkine came on top, but I think yeah. they actually pulled a stroke as well because the the great Lowry Marr's brother actually Henry, signed Henry up. Marr, Hen- correct. Yeah, was was, yeah. was signed up. They signed him up to yeah. for the game, and uh, anyway, they came out on top and won it. But it was the last game. Uh, that was the last game that wasn't well. What would I say? The last game that was played outside of Kilkenny, number one. But from that year on, all county finals have been played in Nolan Park. That's right. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's a lovely picture of your. So, I've seen a picture of your yeah, grandfather yeah, in short sleeves, yeah, yeah. helping to level the embankment yeah, yeah, at the yeah. at the O'Loughlin's end. Yeah. I never ever heard any sort of was there any uh, debates or arguments or fallouts over over that decision to play it in Waterford. I mean, and he would obviously obviously been central to the whole sure, thing, yeah, being yeah. county secretary. <laughs> at the time, yeah. You know. And then um, you you'd have had an insight into the. The goings on, legitimate and otherwise, in the later on, because your father was county registrar oh, from yeah, 1957 yeah, into the yeah. 1970s. That's a position that doesn't exist anymore. It's now part of the county secretary's no, job. No, the computer age and everything is, is you know. But I think yeah, Moore's, Moore's in Parliament Street had lots of visitors on Sunday well, evenings uh, after matches. It was also part of the. It was also very much part of the era of objections, and uh, uh, players had to be registered. On a, on a paper which had to be uh, an Irish uh, paper produced or pro, pro, uh, an Irish paper and uh, it was also the era where all names had to be registered in Irish and it was the old Irish with Shevus uh, and Fadas oh, and yeah. all that and uh, you'd have people you know lining up outside our gate in Parliament Street I mean I, I, can, I can remember it myself and, and my father had all these uh, in, in a scroll form in each club and uh, you'd have you know, people coming in, knocking on the door and coming in and going through the the, the scrolls, if you like, and looking for false and looking for, you know, is the spelling wrong or whatever. And, uh, um, you know... Yeah, and the, rule, the rules were such at the time 
that uh, any mistake on on a team That's list right, and you're right. likely to be kicked out of the competition, yeah, which yeah. might be your only match of the yeah. year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, We've moved on yeah. a long way, haven't we? We've come we? a long, long way. But, uh, yeah, it was an interesting era because yeah. I mean, uh, objections were, yeah. were you know, yeah. the... the yeah. Normal, put it yeah. that way. Normal, yeah. uh, every and, and you'd have uh, somebody from a particular club, and five minutes later, you'd have somebody from the opposing club <laughs> hiding behind the car waiting to come yeah. in or something yeah. like that. Yeah. You know, but I, but, uh, I, I don't think there were sports shops in town either. But I no, one of the few places no. you could buy a hurling yeah. ball was yeah. in Moore's shop, yeah. isn't that right? Yeah, and I, I, I remember as well. I mean, uh, we used to sell hurls as well, and they were all the product of of the late McNary. And uh, my father used to keep them in a coffin-like box in sawdust, right? right you know, to keep them fresh up at the yeah. top of the yard in, yeah. the, in, in yeah. the building. And uh, people would be coming in and they'd be flexing the, the hurl to see how to, you know, the right yeah, flexibility right. Yeah, and yeah, all of that yeah. sort of stuff. But, um, yeah, look at I mean, this was a, a totally, again, a totally different era. And... and uh, um, you know, we did. Yeah. We sold, we, we sold hurlings and schlitters and everything. Yeah. You know, yeah. I used to love the smell of the new schlitter. You know, and I yeah. never, even though we were selling, we'd never get one. Yeah, I mean, of course, yeah. I spent more of my time, uh, you know, because you'd be belting the hurling ball down in the market yard or wherever, and it, the, the stitching would come apart. Yeah. And there was a there was a, a cobbler up the road in Parliament in High Street, Mr. Oh, Brown. Brown. Mr. Brown. Brown. You remember yeah, that? I do indeed. And uh, the poor man used to be tormented. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was too excited, you know, to, but you see he's coming with a, a ripped up schlitter, yeah. you know. Yeah. Because but, even a, clo- a club might only possess three or four or five schlitters in that, in, that, in that era. Yeah. yeah. yeah you're, exagger- you're exaggerating when you say four or five. What are two, I suppose? They had to be well minded. Oh, I remember yeah. as a yeah. young fellow had gone out to my cousin's the Borks out in Dunmore yeah. and in the evening time when the milking was on not that I ever milked mm. anything in my life um, you'd be out hurling in the field but if the ball was going in the ditch you could spend a half an hour looking for that one yeah. ball that yeah. was all you had yeah. 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 you got a ball for Christmas or you got a ball yeah. for your birthday or something and that was it that's and that exactly. had to do you, <laughs> you, know? yeah. 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 you know? Jimmy you, your, your family your, your dad was uh, President of the Irish Handball Association in the late 1940s. So you come from a, a sports administration background as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. He um, <coughs> handball was handball was his his first love. He loved hurling. Mm. Um, in fact, he played on the first on the Aaron's own team. There was an Aaron's own team in the city. Yeah. Uh, the first minor championship played in 1927. He was on that team. Yeah. Um, so his his first love was hurling, and he spent he used to go to the all the league games. You know, we never got to travel to many league games because we didn't have a car. But he had there was himself and a group of friends used to used to go. But yeah, on the handball, um, he he was a member of the Talbot Inch Club. He was president of the All Ireland mm-hmm. uh, Handball Association for those for was two he count, years. Was he 47. county chairman? Was he county chairman? He was kind of moved count, that way. He was county secretary uh, from what. Um, about 37, I think, 1937, for about 11 years, and he moved on to be county chairman then for another 19 years. So he spent 30 years in administration uh, between mm. the Kilkenny, yeah. and he was involved in Talbot's Inch then as well. And, yeah, he won two All-Irelands as well. He won a junior softball with Tommy Cherry, I think it was, back in 1933, 
and a junior hardball with Jimmy Gilmartin in 1943. Jimmy would be John Joe's brother. Yeah, yeah, he loves the game. Yeah, and of course we must say that the 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 lower, the greatest era of handball in in, in the country was through the 30s, 40s, and into the 50s. Yeah, yeah. So John Joe Gilmartin would have been yeah. would yeah. have been the the. the I suppose the most yeah. renowned yeah. and most successful player yeah. of his generation, yeah. Yeah. and certainly would have been Kilkenny's most successful yeah. player yeah. Uh, prior to yeah. Duxy arriving on the scene. In the middle of that, then you had the Delaney brothers, Joe Delaney, Joe Delaney. 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 singles, and his brother yeah. Christy. I think yeah. they won the doubles as well. Yeah. 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 yeah, But handball was a huge game. I mean, you had huge. just talking about handball at the time. My, my father was also big into politics. He was a he was a Labour. A staunch labour mm. man, mm. and uh, he was an alderman here in the in the corporation. And during his time in the corporation, that was around the time all the, the yeah. handball alleys were built here in the city. In the oh, four right, there was one built in each parish. That's right. Yeah, yeah. 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 A, pair, a pair of them built in each parish. Yeah, double yeah. the double alleys. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So we used to spend a bit of time in the, down the water barracks mm. in the, the alley down yeah. there. I always thought that because of the popularity of handball in Kilkenny. It gave to Kenny Hurlers a great advantage because most fellows did play handball yeah, yeah, back yeah. in back in certainly back in the up, up, to, up through yeah. the seventies. Yeah. It gave them a great advantage uh, when 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 they were playing against yeah. opposition because yeah. Kenny players were yeah. the best hand yeah. passers in the yeah. game. Yeah. Some people yeah. would say they just throw it now, but we won't go into that. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I, I I do think that handball was was a huge benefit to to hurling and to hurlers. I mean, it was fantastic for your hand-eye quad, coordination course, and all yeah, of that yeah, yeah. and uh, as well as that fitness because you you know there's no rest in handball you just yeah. keep going you're in there on the alley with yeah. direct yeah. opponents sure. and, uh, yeah. but, uh, so I think it, I think it you know definitely was um, it must have been a big help as you say Tommy to, to, yeah. to hurlers because most yeah. lads did play because yeah. uh, we all played the same I mentioned yeah. there about all the gang of us used to play hurling on the greatest yeah. road but yeah. we also had um there was a gable end. The, the priests, the parish priests, had a house there yeah. on Granger's Road, and their their the gable end of their garage faced out onto the road. So mm-hmm. we had our our handball tournaments there as yeah, well. Yeah, you know, so it yeah. was, yeah. it, was yeah. um, it, it certainly do, it certainly helps your, your coordination because mm. yeah. you're, you're on all the time on the move. Yeah, and yeah. yeah that's right. Yeah. It, it sharpens you. Yeah. yeah, and while you while you while both of you fellows were playing hurling at the at the very highest level. You went into administration in the club. Michael, about 1976 or 7, um, you became bar treasurer here. Yeah, At a time when it was, it, was, it was a hell of a big job because it was a hell of a big business. Yeah, well, look, I mean, we, uh, you know, it's a different era. Again, we're all talking about different eras. I mean, we, 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 we started hurling here when you came up and you talked out at the... At, at the the uh, basketball course, you know, and mm. in all sorts of weathers and, you know, cycled up to the place. So, I mean, we've come from that era to where we are here today, which is incredible. And what we have now out on, on the Kells Road, you couldn't have dreamt of, you couldn't have dreamt of it sure, in, yeah. in, in, yeah. In, in, in a lifetime, you know, but yeah. it, it uh, and that's where we started. And I mean, I even though we, we were playing and playing at a high level, at club level, um, you know, we were still involved in, in the administration and building up the club mm-hmm. uh, bit by bit. Um, the club, we, just before my era here, the club purchased the ground in 1970. And uh, somewhere through the, the 19, mid-70s, we, we, I know, we went to New York in 1977. Yeah. Uh, I think it was the year before, mm-hmm. a few years yeah, before. Yeah, they started we the bar the, here in the yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. we started the bar on... On the 
prefabs that we got secondhand from from De La Salle, and uh, everything sort of grew, grew piecemeal from there on mm-hmm. upwards, you know, mm-hmm. and. Uh, um, the running of the club became more professional. Yeah. Um, you know, the the keeping of minutes and uh, accounts and so on. It, it gradually all mm-hmm. built up. Uh, and uh, yeah, look at I mean, it's it's it, it, it is what it is today. I mean, because of all of that. Because of that, yeah. yeah. But yeah. Uh, you, you, as I say, you were you were um, you were still hurling. You were hurling and playing football flat out. Really, yeah. at the time, and uh, Jimmy, you, you actually became joint bar treasurer with Michael, I think, for a couple of years. Did you That's in the early eighties? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah and and then uh, you, then uh, you took on the role. You're saying you took on the role, role for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Michael was you. You were you took on. Uh, Liam Tyrrell had moved on to being chairman after Bill Cody retired. Nineteen eighty six. You became I, secretary. And Jimmy, you took on the role of bar of treasurer. Bar treasurer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so yeah. Nick had laid the foundation. Yeah, so was, yeah. Was, I mean, of course, practices in place at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But it was an it was an onerous it was an onerous job in that yeah. this this place was hopping most nights of the week. Yeah. It was it was an yeah. enormous bar business. Yeah. yeah, one which you know, if you saw, if you saw that kind of a business downtown today, you'd say, wow. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was a great catchment area as well, and I think there was a. You know, thinking back on it now, there was a, uh, with, with all the, the new families and the young families who had moved in, there was a generation of people who arrived at the same time, I suppose, as the club and saw this as their mm. as their local. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it really, really um, proved to be a great focal point within yeah. the parish. But yeah. from a club yeah. point of view, it was a great revenue yeah. earner then as well. Yeah. Uh, well, as you say, Jimmy, the, the, the bar, the, the social centre thrived and uh, it thrived so well that, um, you know, we had enough funds to actually uh, purchase Nuncio Road, the, the juvenile pitch, from the, the Sisters of Charity yeah. uh, back in 1989, I think it was. And, um, um, you know, and that was done on the back of the work from here, the, the, the profits from the, 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 yeah. the social centre. Yeah. And look, you know, at the end of the day... <clears throat> What we have on the Kells Road is thanks to Nuncio Road. Road. It's a very so like, yeah, astute yeah. investment yeah. at the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Little did we know, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it turned that, out to be that. Yeah. 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 I might yeah. move on to that now, Michael. You were you were secretary, and secretary club secretary. Even though there was a thriving juvenile committee as well, but club secretary was a pretty onerous job through the eighties. And you were both club secretary, really, and development officer you know, well, uh, through, the, through that project. Well, uh, well, I, w- I was secretary from, two th- from 1986 to 2006. Jimmy, you became chairman in 2000. 2001. 2001. Yeah. And, uh, um, and then, I, I think, 2006, I think you, you probably appointed me as a development officer. You created a, an officership for me as we development indeed, officer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that wasn't in, to get you out of the secretary's job now. Or something like that, was, no? <laughs> <laughs> I don't take offence too easy. You, know, so. you wouldn't, you wouldn't <laughs> want to around here. Keep on your toes, mate. Well, no, that's, one, that's, that's, one, that's one of the things goalkeeping does. It hardens you up. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, and... Uh, yeah, you were you were saying that. Yeah, it was it was. Um, well, I was going to come back to Jimmy and tell him, but he's he's. Uh, um, I'm trying to bring you along together yeah, now to yeah. the nineties. When you yeah. finished hurling, Jimmy, 
and we played junior hurling together for a while. We did. But when you finished, you got you you were one of the people who set up the Camogie Club here. Mm. Yeah. Or revived the Camogie Club. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I think Noel Ryan and Breda, uh, Noel's wife Breda, they yeah. they were looking after Camogie as such. Mm. Um, and around 1990, because I, I had at that stage, I had three daughters. One of them, now the eldest, was only two at that stage. But uh, Brona, who was the eldest, was playing a bit of camogie in school, and but there was no club outlet as such. Um, I can't remember the circumstances, but I bumped into Anne Power, Remick mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Power's wife, who also had three daughters, mm-hmm. uh, and we figured, you know, there must there's plenty of more girls in the parish who would want to play. So we we just put our heads together, uh, got in a few more people, Greta Kelly, uh, Joan Cody, and were followed on fairly shortly after that by Helena McCormack, uh, Aidan, and a few more. So, yeah, we put uh, structures in place and started. We had juvenile coaching here on a, on a Saturday morning. We fielded teams then in all of the, the various grades. Some of our junior teams probably had girls as young as 14, but nevertheless... We, we we took off from there, mm. and it you know it proved to be very successful. Um, obviously, we got great um, help from the the hurling side uh, in terms of how we might go about getting ourselves organised and all of that. Uh, we had great success as well. Um, Paddy Nari's daughter actually Orla, Orla. Uh, joined us I think as a nine year old. Went on to win under fourteen Ryan C B and A in a space of four years, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, we won under 16. So we, we ended up being Ryan A in 14 and 16. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And sometime later, I think I wasn't involved at the time, but they went on and won the junior championship. You know, so it was a great era. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it was a great outlet for the girls. We got, there was, I suppose, some of the other parishes then, um, O'Loughlin's didn't have very strong camogie, so there was a couple of, uh, St John's Parish girls joined us as well, so yeah. it was good. And I think actually um, the two lo- the Lawlers from Benham's Bridge. That's right. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, they were very, very good, and yeah. um, one of them was di- uh, killed tragically yeah. in an accident yeah. in New Orleans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 knocked off her bicycle. Yes. Yeah. They were they were great. They were two great yeah. uh, girls. They were hockey players as well, but the the. the Always they, came in. Always comes in handy when you're playing camogie too. Yeah, yeah, mm. and I think they probably inherited some a lot of their father's skill yeah. uh, and brought it on board. There were two yeah. two tough young ladies yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Jimmy, you became chair, club chairman in two thousand and one, uh, and yeah. it was. We now move into the era, I suppose, of the numbers had expanded to such an extent that I know you guys were seriously exercised for years about trying to get a bit of extra land to see could we get another pitch. Yeah, because yeah. we had passed bursting point with the development of the, the huge population of youngsters yeah. came along in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, you might talk, you might talk yeah. a little bit about your um, pursuit then. I suppose just leading into that, when I, when I became chairman, there was another project underway at the time and that was to build a stand here in uh, Larchfield. Yeah. And... Mick and Liam uh, yeah. had done quite a lot of work and it was, it was at the stage I suppose where, where we had applied for planning uh, there was you know, there was a lot of work done uh, but as people are entitled to do there were objections mm-hmm. and it did drag on uh, quite a bit 
Uh, but in parallel with that, I suppose we were thinking of, is, th- is there somewhere we can go yeah. to expand? Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, we were very, very limited here. There was nowhere to expand. Yeah. So you were obviously you were going to go outside, yeah. um, probably outside of the ring road, uh, in order to gain any land. Yeah. We did talk at length with Kieran's College about getting some land there. That seemed to be making progress, but it was quite slow. Um, and it, sorry if I interrupt you there, Jimmy. It was it was slow because there was a, as you say, there was a, a long process to go through. You yeah. had to go through diocesan to get diocesan approval, and I think and it had even to go to, to, go to Dublin for for archdiocese approval. Yeah, and. Uh, and even if you got that, then it had to go to Rome to get yeah. to to be signed off on, which was going to take years. That's right. And I mean, That's in right. fairness, yeah. we yeah. had we got great cooperation from the the then president, um, Monsignor Kennedy, at the time. He was mm. he was mm. in fairness very very cooperative and, and trying yeah. to be helpful. But yeah. we also ran into into trouble in terms of access because they had we had a, agreed a parcel of land i think about 25 acres that's right um, yeah which would have been enough for maybe two pitches and a dressing room facility and what have you and parking but the big problem became access yeah yeah and uh, we ran into 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 difficulties there we got yeah. cooperation from from uh, Dennis Tracy who was very yeah, very cooperative right. he was willing to 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 help out but the corporate the, the local authorities um, well, they insisted on us doing certain roadworks, mm. which mm. would have been major roadworks on yeah. the Kells Road, yeah. Yeah. because as I say, it was a landlocked site yes. really. And uh, it would have made uh, the whole thing for us really. In 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 two thousand and seven, uh, Billy Walton came to came to us. That's right. Yeah. Us. Told us there was but, an executive um, sale there yeah. in the Kells but, Road. But to go back to the beginning, I always feel that the. The beginning of what we have now out on Park Seamus Stephen started as a, as Jimmy rightly says, started as as a, a millennium project that Liam and myself and and uh, you know started out to to develop a small little stadium here mm. in 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 Larchfield, um, and part of that process was to secure uh, grant uh, lotto approval or lotto get secure a lotto grant. Uh, which we did. Uh, we got a, a grant of over 400, I think it was 490,000, yeah, yeah. wasn't it? But uh, ironically, it was the fact that the stand didn't go ahead. That's right, yeah. That allowed yeah. us to have that, yeah. transfer that grant yeah. uh, and use it as a deposit for the yeah. purchase of the Kells Road. But that in itself, there was a whole story that went on for a couple of years. I mean, we got the grant. We yeah. were getting no, we were making no progress in relation to the project that it was gotten for. Mm. Um, the department came looking for the money. Basically, they were going to cancel out the grant because we weren't making any progress. Because, as, as Jimmy rightly says, we had objections uh, uh, from neighbours, and, and you know that was their right. Uh, and we had to try and hold on to them. We we had to deal with three ministers of sport: um, Minister McDade from Donegal, Minister uh, O'Donoghue from O'Donoghue from from. Kerry and Mr. Cullen down from <laughs> he was from Waterford he was a Waterford TD yeah, uh, yeah. and uh, um, but uh, Jimmy you were going to say there about you know we we, we went in search you know we yeah, had to give yeah. up on that project basically but yeah. we had to hold on to the grant yeah, and that was the yeah, process yeah. 
And so it was Billy then brought it to our attention now, yeah. the, the executor sale yeah. on the Kells Road of yeah, 47 acres. We, we had been, we had, as you were, right, you were going to say there, that we were quoted horrendous figures for per acre nearly, weren't we, when we went oh, to yeah. approach oh, people. Yeah. yeah, we were. I mean, it was astronomical. And that, that was 2007, 2000. It was nice, Celtic Tiger, it was wasn't five, it? 5, yeah. 6 and 7, where, yeah, money, notes at the end of a, a figure oh, meant, meant nothing. It was easy borrow. It was a very easy borrow, yeah, and as, yeah, as yeah, everyone found out <laughs> afterwards, it wasn't so easy to repay. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. in terms of the, the Kells Road and, and what led into that, I suppose, when Billy Walton, the late Billy Walton, yeah. uh, brought it to our, our attention that there was the executor sale of yeah. the 37 acres on the Kells Road, I remember having a meeting here. The, the auction was on the 17th mm. of October. Right. We had a meeting on Monday night, the 16th of October, um, right, or, uh, just to bring it to everybody. This was all very short. Extraordinary meeting. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I remember it well. And, yeah. Um, we got overwhelming support yeah. uh, to go and, and bid for that yeah. uh, the following day, little knowing, I suppose, at the time as to what the, the price might go to. Um, yeah. And the day of the auction itself, I suppose, was a big eye opener. My, myself and Mick uh, <laughs> represented the club as chairman yeah. and secretary. I, um, I, I think, Jimmy, when we had in the, in we were led to leave by by um, by Billy. That it, it would, the, you know, the land would go for a certain uh, yeah, uh, yeah. figure. Yeah, yeah. and uh, we had uh, we had negotiated with the bank to 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 go to. I think it was one point six million or something. One, I think one point yeah. seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah something yeah. in the order. Yeah. Yeah. You and I were in the front of the in the, in the auction <laughs> room, and we had yeah. a, um, an auctioneer uh, acting for us at the back of the room. That's so, right. Yeah. The place was crowded. I mean, <laughs> you couldn't hardly look around. Yeah. Was um, yeah. There was huge. I mean, there wasn't that, that that huge number of bidders on it, but it seemed to move. Oh, it moved very tens fast. Thousands yeah, very very yeah, quickly, yeah, you know, yeah. and uh, there was. I think there was phone calls made during it. There was a recess. Well, there was, a, there was, there was a, <laughs> the, 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 it had gone up to um, two point one million, I yeah, think, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. And uh, our man at the back, well, we we mustn't have made it very clear to him that we weren't. <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 you and I thought we were nearly we were gone. We were, we were done. We, we did, were done. Yeah. yeah. So sure. at the at the half time break. Uh, we were informed that we were the bidders, <laughs> and uh, so we we had to make a panic phone calls to the bank. Um, That's right. And uh, so fairness to John John Grace was our banker at the time, our clubman, and uh, John was nearly had a conniption at the other end of the phone. But I said to John, "You have to get approval. As simple as that. You just have yeah, to." Yeah, and yeah. Uh, fair dues to him. Like I mean, he obviously he said, "Look, leave him with me. I'll come back to you." Well, I said, "You know, we, we need we need an answer." Yeah, and but, uh, so I suppose the other, yeah, the other side of it was that at that time we were sitting on what would have been deemed to be a very valuable That's parcel right, land yeah. there on Nuncio yeah. Road. So yeah. it was it was balancing what we needed to get versus what we might. Might might get for it the same and, 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 and that's, that's what. Yeah, and, and if that line continued, it would, yeah. not only was it going to be enough to purchase, but it was also going to be enough to develop. Correct. Because Correct. Uh, yeah, yeah. there was a very similar sized patch of land which uh, on which Aldi now sit, which I think mm. was sold for something like five and a half million or something, wasn't it? Correct. Yeah. So yeah. we had. Uh, 
uh, we were comfortable enough with with that yeah. security. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, what um, there was a, there was a kind of a, there was a, a great a brief excitement, we'll say, and a brief brief sense of relief that you had got the land. And within yeah. a very very short time, then uh, let's put it charitably, the bubble had burst. <laughs> <laughs> that, must have, that must have put extraordinary pressure on yourselves as club, as club officers. It, 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 it burst well, within it weeks. Yeah. Within, it was oh, yeah, it was only yeah. weeks. Yeah, yeah. 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 Lehman Brothers. Yeah. It did, because we had a commitment at this stage yeah. uh, for the 2.2 million for yeah. the purchase of Kells Road. Yeah. Yeah. We had, you could see the, the, the drop in value straight mm-hmm. away for what we thought was our very, very valuable asset on yeah. Anuncia Road. So, yeah. It was, and you had a hundred and fifty grand a year of interest time. payments to make as well. Yes, yeah, yeah. So it was, it was certainly a worrying well, time, yeah, and very turbulent um, times. Yeah, and it, it led to a lot of serious uh, and long drawn out discussions with the bank, uh, even to see us through mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. that part of the, mm-hmm. that that period. Um, but it didn't, it didn't stop the whole planning process going ahead. It didn't stop the enthusiasm that the club had for pushing forward and going ahead with the development to the extent that, um, and it was through the, the good, I suppose, auspices of the parish yeah. um, that we got, we, we were able to take over what, what was the parish draw at the time and the parish draw extended right throughout the parish and was quite yeah. profitable yeah. for the parish. And Liam had a huge input in that, Brian Cody Liam had a huge Brian, input in yeah, getting yeah, that swung yeah. our way. Uh, and Dan the parish Carlin, committee and yeah. Father Dan Carroll in yeah. particular helped us greatly but we also got a lot of the promoters that were involved in, yes. the, in the draw but mm. um, the likes of Catherine Kinsella, Michael yeah. McLaughlin yeah. people like that who, who just yeah. don't take no yeah. for an answer and with the development of Kells Road and I don't want to short circuit the whole development but we raised something like 800,000 over a period of number of, of years, I suppose. Oh, yeah. Six years. Six yeah. years. Yeah. You know, so what initially was a uh, was an investment of two point two, we spent another eight hundred thousand on it. So while this was all going on, we still had the debt that wasn't gone away. So we were still um, looking at trying to get the best deal we could for Kells Road, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that was still the case when I stepped down as chairman in 2011. But in all of that time, and going back to your your, your first question on it, it was a worrying time because um, we had a responsibility, we had a serious responsibility towards the club yeah. to see this through. Um, and you, as successor, Tommy, inherited that. Yeah. And I know there's a lot of people don't know the amount of work that you did yeah. in relation to having that resolved. Yeah. And um, you know it, it has to be on record the work you did yeah. in resolving that, right. seeing yeah. off the sale of um, Nuncio Road, yeah. dealing with Croke Park, yeah. dealing with yeah. the Ulster Bank yeah. to the extent yeah. that yeah. today, <coughs> on what was an investment of three million, mm-hmm. I suppose yeah. we probably owe less than fifty grand yeah. at, uh, yeah. at this it's, stage. It's, yeah. it's hard to. It's, it's, it's fantastic, to but I, I don't want to yeah. underestimate Tommy. Yeah. Sorry, going back well, to him. I know. Like there was, there was <laughs> um, if you like, it was a, a double-sided sword. If you like, I mean, we had the we had the pain and the difficulty of of the the purchase price and so on, but we also, in in terms, it didn't stop us, as you rightly say, Jimmy, from from progressing. Yeah. 
we had, we, first of all, we knew we had the comfort of the, because we were able to hold on to the grant, which was just short of a half a million. Um, we were able to negotiate with uh, Michael Boland, who was a contractor. We eventually, yeah, and we were got, lucky. We were lucky with him, weren't we? We were extremely lucky because, again, uh, as a committee, I mean, I headed the committee, but as as a committee, we, uh, we brought in a man, uh, Kieran McQuillan, who, with his exper- expertise in, in engineering and what have you, um, he, if you like, uh, gave us advice, gave us very valuable advice from time to time. And one of the things he suggested was that we should uh, break up into groups and go and visit these um, Centres of excellence that were, uh, you know, being developed all over That's in different right, yeah, counties, yeah. and uh, uh, I think Jimmy, you you led a, a delegation to Waterford to That's see right. what they were Was doing. That from Billy? Yeah, Billy yeah. Went down, yeah. Um, and uh, Kieran himself, uh, who was a, a County Loud man, he the, he went up to um, County Loud because they were in, in the process of doing a job up there, and myself, Liam, and Tom went down to County Clare. To see the, the the famous still talked about Carlo, <laughs> and, yeah. and we, in fairness to him, we met um, uh, David Fitzgerald's father, who was county secretary down there even back then, and uh, he brought us on a tour, and we met uh, Michael Boland. And one of the things that swung it uh, for him that time was he had all the equipment, all the equipment to do the particular job. In other words, he wasn't taking a contract. And subletting, yeah. which was a huge factor in 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 and a, and a, and a major plus uh, from from our point of view, because he had all these machines and lasers on them and all this sort of stuff. So he got the the grounds leveled mm. out. Mm. I think our contract with him was in the order of six hundred thousand. It would have been, yeah, yeah. And uh, like a lot of things started to fall in. Yeah, from, from about, I'd say from about 2013 or 20, yeah, 2012, yeah. 13 on. Yeah, 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 yeah. It started. And, uh, yeah, but the, the stress, I remember, the, I remember um, being uh, a deputation of it, going yeah. to Tullamore one day to meet with Ulster Bank executives at one of the lowest points of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was yourself and Brian Cody, and I I think Leave Tyrrell might have been at myself, mm-hmm. or maybe, th- maybe just no, three of us. But we were. Um, we were fairly roughly treated, <laughs> verbally yeah. roughly treated, shall we say. Yeah. Basically, we were told, lads, we've got all your assets. We yeah. can take them yeah. anytime. Yeah. Yeah. And they weren't, uh, you know, they weren't joking about it. Mm. No, so was, it was uh, very, yeah. very, di- it yeah. was very, very difficult yeah. for a while. Yeah. But yeah. I think the, you, we, I, we keep going back to the draw. We all keep going back to the, the enthusiasm that that yeah. group of yeah. people had in raising money to keep the to focus on the development yeah. and the battle we had I suppose was to with the bank was to say you're not getting any of that yeah. that is for our yeah. development yeah. we yeah. will pay you when we sell yeah. off yeah. 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 Well, so I mean, it worked and, like that and, and, yeah. it was difficult going yeah. Yeah. The, 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 yeah, as you said there Tom I mean, there, was, there was a suggestion you know I mean why not sell large fields you know and, and, oh, yeah. and all these things came into the, into the equation which we Steadfastly yeah. refused yeah. to to, yeah. to contemplate even yeah. and told them yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but the other fairness, element, sorry, Mick, the other element as well is that you were heavily involved in was with the Department of Sport and Tourism. Mm. Mick had a, a great uh, camaraderie <laughs> with, 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 with influence. With, yeah. <laughs> influence, yeah. yeah but it was really. it was so important just to keep those channels open yeah. and yeah. to keep yeah. you know to, to keep. Um, 
well, informing them of where yeah. we were. Well, that, that was um, one of the, sorry, Jimmy, to interrupt you, but that was one of the, the, the lessons I learned as well, that you keep the channels open no yeah. matter how difficult the situation. And that helped us, and it helped us particularly with Croke Park. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah. Tom, I, I wasn't going to mention that one in that. Tom Ryan. There's often, Patty, you know, Patty. the authorities, I suppose, yeah. we're like every club. Um, you know, at meetings, mm. the county board gets a scarifying, and Croke yeah. Park gets a scarifying, yeah. or whoever. Yeah. But only, only for Croke Park yeah. and the current director yeah. general, Tom yeah. Ryan. Right. We probably wouldn't have got it over the line, would we? No, 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 we would not. No. Definitely, even like you would have had discussions later than I would. But certainly, when I was chairman and the meetings we had with him, yeah, he was. Well, I mean, they even came down here. His, I can, yeah. can still see him, Tom Ryan, and and yeah. the, the chairman of Leinster Council. He's the, oh. the late. He's a Wexford man. Yeah, yeah. Um, like you know, they listened and they respected our position, uh, even though we were in 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 serious financial difficulty. Yeah. But um, and I, you know, well, I, 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 I kept. Sorry, mm-hmm. Mick, uh, <laughs> interrupt you. But what stood to us as well, I think, was the fact that we, as a club, dealing with Croke Park over the years, had had established a very good, honourable track record. Yeah. yeah. We had... We uh, always paid our bills. Always paid our bills, we, exactly, yeah. At one stage, we were... I can't remember what stage it was. In the, in the development, um, we were... Despite the fact that everything, you know, the, the club draw was, was running and all that, and we were very successful, and it lasted for six years. But we were, say, in a, in a shortfall of, I can't remember the figure, was it 40 or 50,000? 400,000. We had a loan for 400,000 from Croke Park. Well, we, we... And then, we, we sorry, we later needed a short-term Short-term, deal term, yeah, well, short-term yeah. thing. And yeah. I know that they were sceptical about, about whether we'd repay it. And, in fact, Cathy Slattery, who That's was right. the assistant boss up there in, in the financial end of things, actually admitted to me afterwards that they didn't expect us to, to repay that debt. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah. that's actually stood to us because we honoured our, yeah. our, our, our commitment yeah. thanks to yeah. the to the mm. parish draw, yeah. you know, and in fairness, Croke Park that. wrote off some of the and wrote off the interest. Well, they did, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But um, and and um, you know, we got the project completed. I mean, we have a fantastic uh, set up in out in um, on the Kells Road. For at this stage, as we sit here and speak about it, I mean, for a, for a debt of I think the only figure outstanding is forty thousand. And again, mm. we had a, a, a major slice of luck. <clears throat> because we had negotiated part of the, the, the deal to end the whole saga was that <coughs> Crow Park insisted, insisted on us taking out a loan of 80,000 over 10 years and um, we had the good fortune then for a very generous supporter in the club to come forward and give us that 80,000 mm-hmm. interest free um, we're halfway more than halfway through the, the repayment of that so I mean and I, I, I attribute a lot of the success we had, and in particular in, in relation to the, 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 the draw over the six years, down to the fact that people in the parish saw the work that was being done at underage level mm. um, and the successes we had, you know, particularly with the fail and, and over the years, that the work was there and people, people, people will support something where they actually see um, the work being done. Mm. And that's... I think that's a that's a rule of thumb that we yeah. we should never forget. Yeah, I think yeah. On, on that note, um, we, we're coming to our, we're coming towards the end of our chat. I've been told by our producer here we can't talk all night, and um, we we happily would I think, yeah. but um, I suppose 
the it's obvious from from both of you that the the proudest aspect of what you've done in the club over all the years has been the development and the Kells Road is where it is in terms of your off the field involvement. Yeah. But can I can I come back? All these uh, interviews um, and chats seem to finish with the same couple of questions and it's back to hurling again lads and questions you probably don't like to be asked but they're conspiring already um, Mick um, in all the years you played with the club who is the best hurler you played with or we might give you we might we might give you an allowance of the three best if you wanted to be democratic about it well I won't be a politician because I won't answer that question because <laughs> <Fair> <laughs> Um, look at it, I mean, <laughs> to go back to what we said earlier, I mean, Jimmy and myself, I mean, we virtually played on an inter-county team in, in red and green. Um, I mean, the, 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 the talent around us was, was, was just so phenomenal. Fan Larkin, Brian Cody, Joe Hennessy, Paddy Nary, uh, Tom McCormack, Dini McCormack, yeah. go on, Mick Crossy, Chunky O'Brien. Sure, it was, yeah. a, it was a, an inter-county team in yeah. itself. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, that, I think and, that answers it very well yeah. from both of you, does yeah, it? It certainly does, Jimmy, yeah, will that get you off the hook? It gets me off the hook, thank you, Mick. Well chosen <laughs> words there. <laughs> okay, lads, thanks very much again for joining us on the James Stevens podcast. Uh-huh. Special thanks to Jimmy O'Brien and Mick Moore, two legends of the club. You can get in touch with us here by email on jamesstevenspodcast at gmail.com or via any of our very active social media channels. Again, thank you very much to Eamon and Eddie Langton and family for sponsoring this evening's podcast. Don't forget to visit them online or better still, call into their bar and restaurant on John Street. (laughs) 